0: This is the Geek Therapy Podcast. Join Lara Taylor and me, Josue Cardona, as we celebrate how geek culture is saving the world. Currently, we're focusing on a geek therapy library. The library is designed to help fans communicate through their favorite movies, books, and games. It's a resource for therapists, teachers, and parents to find a way to work with or talk about important things through awesome content. Welcome to the show. Hey, Jose, here with another interview today. But before I get to that, I just want to ask you for one quick favor. As you may know, there's now a Geek Therapy network of podcasts, so we have five shows in total. And me and a couple of the other hosts were talking about, you know, how can we learn more about our listeners? So we created a very short, very quick survey, and you can find the link to the survey in the show notes. So just look at the description of the episode, and you'll be able to find the link to the survey there. And it'll just ask if you've listened to any of our shows and just a couple things about who you are. We'd love to know more about you. And please just take a moment and fill that out. It'll take one minute tops. And if you haven't checked out any of our other shows, we've got a nice variety now. So if you want some psychology and technology talk, check out Psych Tech. If you want some video game talk, go to Headshots. And then Jedi Council, you remember them from last week's episode. They're all about talking about mental health through fictional characters. Then, of course, Rolling for Change is all about tabletop gaming. And speaking of tabletop gaming, today's episode is an interview with Jack Bergenstock. He is the executive director and one of the founders of the Bodana Group. They also run an event called Save Against Fear. I'll let Jack tell you all about what the Badana Group is and what saving against fear, what saving against fear is all about. But you'll quickly see that Jack is definitely a member of the tribe. He is doing some great stuff with with tabletop games and RPGs, and I really enjoyed our conversation. There's a lot of mention of different games. So I'm just saying you might need a notepad to jot down some of these games. Um, One of the things that was real interesting about this conversation is uh, Jack is talking about the importance of playing games that aren't traditional. Because there are a lot of games out there, a lot of indie games, a lot of obscure games that, you know, are really different from the mainstream and a lot of those games can be very very useful because they have very unique qualities that can be helpful in therapeutic work so i'm really glad that that came across in the interview so again please check out that survey and here's my interview with jack birkenstock of the badana group what what is the badana group let's just start there (laughs)
1: All right. Uh, Well, the Bodana Group is a uh, 501c3 uh, charity organization. We're based in Effort, Pennsylvania. And our mission is the use of tabletop gaming, whether it be board, dice, card, role playing uh, for a variety of different uses. Foremost, we definitely believe in the use of gaming as a form of adjunct therapy. So it's something to kind of go along with traditional therapeutic approaches, kind of a way to, you know, very similar to the geek therapy approach of using, you know, things that people are very comfortable with to kind of help stimulate conversation, to help people open up, uh, possibly also, you know, explore emotional issues. as well as using gaming as a way to teach social skills, resiliency, critical thinking, uh, creativity and expression, uh, and of course, you know, basic education. So we kind of cover a lot of different areas with gaming, but we also cover a lot of different populations as well in, in what we do. And where does the name come from? Uh, well, the name Bodana actually is a Sanskrit word uh, meaning leading to an awakening or a discovery. Uh, it's uh, I kind of threw it in there as part of my uh, my personal path as a Buddhist. Um, so I I liken it to the fact that you know playing a game, especially role playing games, uh, you can discover so many things about yourself, uh, so many aspects of your character and your personality, your likes, your dislikes. You know, so many of those things that typically people hold on to but when you're playing through that vestige of the character uh, it's something that just can kind of come out a little bit more freely than it might in other circumstances so it's kind of gaming leads to an awakening or a discovery in oneself
0: so is there a buddhism aspect to the the work that you guys do or is it um, just a name that you that was meaningful to you
1: Uh, Mostly a name that's meaningful to me. And I know, I mean, I know a lot of the, uh, we don't directly state that there's like any kind of Buddhist practice to what we do. I mean, I know that I often like to throw mindfulness and awareness practice into kind of anything therapeutic because, you know, it's kind of the best way to, to really know yourself and to know what it is that you're, you know, working on or working through, so you know, I, I can definitely say that to a to a fair degree. There's some Buddhist psychology, uh, a lot of Jack Cornfield, uh, Pima Trojan kind of stuff going on there.
0: So I can't, I, I don't know if this is exactly how it happened, but this is kind of how I remember it. When I first found out about you guys was around the same time that I went to my first Vipassana retreat. Are you familiar with uh, Vipassana? Yes. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So I did my first 10 day. And um, around that time, I was, uh, I remember, I think I read a book called The Accidental Buddhist or something like that. And it was, uh, it was very, very interesting. So I was researching all sorts of stuff. And I think that as I, my, all of my interests at the moment were crossing. I came across you guys, and and that's why I'm, I'm so sad. It's taken so long to actually talk to
1: you. <laughs> hey, all, all things in their proper time. It, it was meant to be at this time for uh, whatever whatever reason the fates and uh, you know just happenstance stance uh, happen to align for.
0: No, seriously, you have no idea how many times people have said, "Hey." You might be interested in the Madonna Group. Have you ever heard of them? I'm like, yes, yes, I've heard of them. I need to reach out to them.
1: <laughs> oh, i really getting now. Now you're impressing me here. This uh... <laughs> we we have, we have a lot more awareness than I thought we uh, we even thought ourselves, which is good. That's that's a that's a good problem to have.
0: Yeah, well, definitely. I've I've um, it's come across my desk. Let's put it that way, many times. No, I love I love the idea. Of what you're doing, obviously, I mean, you know, there's some parallels here to, to kind of uh, my philosophy. And I'm, I'm curious how much, how um, structured, how intentional is the use of games or is it more, oh. is it, is it more like, is it gaming first, therapy second? Is it, you're looking for things to come up or are you using games, you know, very intentionally in a, in a, in a very specific way?
1: Well, it, it I would say that it really depends on, on the person and also the issue or, or the problem that we're trying to address. I mean, uh, for example, we, we just, as we're kind of calling it, we were just at a, a rest care home uh, the other day, and we kind of were introducing the, the persons there to gaming, um, partially as a recreational thing, but also, you know, on the back end, We talk about gaming, you know, stimulating mind and brain activity. So we're talking about like, you know, keeping those synapses firing, you know, for things like dementia or Alzheimer's. And, you know, it was was very interesting. It was just we were like, okay, they wanted to do a trivia event. So we're figuring, well, we could pull out a stack of Trivial Pursuit cards and kind of read those off. But that sounds kind of boring. So uh, what we actually did was we created a wits and wagers uh, betting board on the computer and we kind of did it like a game show. So, you know, and it was, it was very interesting. Like, again, we kind of started off with just, hey, let's see if they're into gaming um, beyond like your normal Monopoly, part, cheesy stuff like that. And it was actually very fascinating as a therapist kind of sitting in and going, okay, so, you know, as they are talking about, you know, when was Peanuts first published? You know, they're going, well, I was born in 46, and I remember that when I was a kid. So they're, like, comparing these historical references and notes, and, like, you can really see, like, wow, they're really, like, sharing a lot of themselves and their stories. And, like, it was, it was just very encouraging. So, I mean, on one end, uh, gaming comes first, and the connections come through the play. Um, I would say that if it's more for, like, a clinical therapeutic gain, like if you're working someone through trauma or uh, helping a person deal with like social skills deficits or anxiety, you, you, I think definitely want to start as with any practice with kind of finding out, you know, what the person wants to work on. And then, you know, talking about how we can gently introduce the material depending on the person's comfort level into the game. So I would say in that area, therapy is the forethought and the game not as an, it's not an afterthought, but it's definitely something that I think when you're dealing with something that's potentially more impactful, you almost have to put the therapist hat on before you put the GM hat on, because you, you got to make sure that you're being careful. You know, all those same rules that we follow during sessions and groups and stuff like that, you know, those, those things definitely will take precedent, I think. So I would say it really depends on the participant and the purpose as to how the process would work. And that's very nice alliteration as well <laughs> <laughs>
0: indeed, so uh, do you have is, is the Bodana group something that happens is it a a location is it something is it a program does it happen all day or only in the afternoons is this your full- time job
1: uh well no uh, to a couple of those questions uh the the Bodana is uh we are currently not based in any kind of facility as of yet. It, it is uh, very much a passion play. Um, just to, I guess, kind of give some of the listeners a little bit of my background, I'm a, I'm a master's level therapist um, who has uh, direct experience. Uh, my, most of my experience is working with persons who uh, exhibit sexually problematic behaviors towards others. Um, I specialize with children, adolescent males, as well as males with intellectual and developmental disability. So, uh, that's where a lot of my history goes. Uh, that's also my day job, um, at this point. So, you know, we're seeking different funding streams and, uh, opening a lot of programs in a way to try to, you know, get the mission out, but at the same time as with any kind of, you know, business, even a nonprofit, looking at ways to kind of, you know, monetize that service to the degree that we can then look at opening our center, which is actually one of our long-term dreams. Um, so at this purpose, uh, and at this point, Point, I'd say that we are mostly focused on starting programs in places like foster care agencies, rest care homes, school project uh, programs. Uh, we're going to be doing a, a program for gifted students in March, uh, so we're going to kind of introduce them to you know how gaming can be beneficial. Then play a couple of short bursts, you know, like real quick games like Flux, Inking Gold, things like that, and then kind of explore with them through discussion, like, well, what skills do you think this could teach? So. It's kind of programs expanding awareness, but then uh, we are, we have started uh, what we call our TTRPG, which is therapeutic tabletop role-playing groups. Um, We are still trying to build up a clientele for that service, but it's uh, what we're looking at opening in the uh, Lancaster area. Um, And basically that will be, you know, a very formalized group with, you know, anywhere from about four to five participants. Um, using specifically tabletop role playing as as a therapeutic modality.
0: So for the for the role playing games are you going to adapt some sort of some version of D&D are you going to create your own style? I mean what are you thinking? What's the plan?
1: <laughs> we're we're pretty much thinking that you know the the use of the system is actually something that kind of plays uh, very heavily in in our theory in the in the way of like creating se- uh, safe space and you know, looking at the comfort level, we don't want the game to override uh, the fun factor or the learning curve so that, you know, we're spending so much time learning the system that we don't actually get to, you know, the definite needs. So uh, we're not currently working on any kind of, you know, our own system or anything. We kind of feel that, you know, there's already a glut of gaming systems that are out there. Um, some people may be more comfortable with D&D and given the learning style of the person, you know, whatever the cognitive level is that might be a usable system based on comfort. Uh, we've also explored with younger children, no thank you evil, because um, not only is that a very easy system for kids to learn, but I mean, parents can also utilize that as well. Um, so we're, we're kind of looking more towards a- any system that isn't too terribly crunchy, um, but allows for a lot of narrative potential um, is pretty much where we're gonna kind of apply our trade. The, like there's no one system of choice because every gamer's a little bit different. So it's, you yeah, kind of finding that happy median about, you know, where, where people's comfort and their ease of learning the system might be because then, you know, the rules kind of get secondary and more of the flow can take place. So that that's kind of where we're at with uh, selection of system.
0: Okay. Okay. Interesting. So um in, in general, what kind of games are your do you have any go to games or do you always kinda of play it by ear, meet the meet your clients first and then And then start choosing games.
1: Uh, It's it again. It it depends mostly kind of on the age range. I mean, if we're talking folks, you know, kids that are basically between like the ages of like six and ten, I would automatically try to go to like uh, Hero Kids. No, thank you, Evil. Uh, There's even a lot of other uh, Panda Head Productions does a wonderful game called Meddling Kids, where you create your own Scooby Doo mystery crew. Uh, And it's very interesting how the characters are based on archetypes from the cartoon, but they're also social archetypes. So, um, I mean, as far as selection of the system, it, it really does depend on comfort level, genre, and what we kind of like to propose. We don't, we don't really have a go-to system at this point, Now, partially because we're still building up the clientele for it. Um, you know, so that's kind of where we're at with there. As soon as we get more people in and be able to actually, you know, get it up and running off the ground – that's where we could probably do more a little bit as far as like what systems we, we specifically would cater to.
0: What about other games? I mean, other groups that you've done in the past, are there, do they follow a specific model or do they also have, um, do you just kind of, again, meet the client first and then then see what they're, what they like? Or do you, in in that case, right, other than the RPGs, do you have games that you, that you consider go-tos? Your trunk has specific games in the car ready to go. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I would say as far as for like reaching out to people, I mean, we try to focus, depending on the time of the events that we do, on kind of short burst games, like, a, like I referenced earlier, like games that aren't very difficult to pick up. I mean, these might be things like a King of Tokyo, Code Codenames. Um, like I said, Flux is always a great one, especially for, you know, you got an attention issue, you know, with staying on task. Flux is a great way to kind of pay attention to what goes on. In yeah. uh, some other examples, like Cartoon Crisis uh, or Cartoon Crossover, or is it Crossover Crisis? It's so hard to remember. It's, it's a DC deck builder that uses Cartoon Network properties. Mm-hmm. So we found that because the material is very familiar to the kids, you know, they get to play as you know, Samurai Jack or Clarence or you know, like uh, Mordecai and Rigby from uh, Regular Show. So you know, those are some of the games that, that we normally will take with us because they're very easy to pick up and because of the property and i mean you could definitely you know speak a little on this you know the whole intellectual property being accessible i mean if you have a game that follows an ip and is and is a good game to play i mean that's that's a win-win
0: oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah i like the way you're talking i mean i see games the same way i'll have a game where i'm like this is a good game for this issue or this is a good game for you know for parents who like are fighting a lot with their kids or this is a good game for communication this might be a good game to address anxiety i mean yeah. i i in my ideal world there's i have this catalog of games ready for that but i i found that throughout my my practice i always ended up finding a new game based on the just on the on the on my clients you know depending yeah. on what they i found myself a lot using the games that they already had and then maybe trying to get something similar. It's a, uh, I don't know, it's, it's it's fun for us, I think, to uh, that, that act of, um, or that, that discovery, you know, that that happens.
1: Well, it, and it's also, I think, unpacking the games and exploring them because, I mean, you, you're really, some games you can really kind of take for granted in terms of what they offer because, I mean, like a lot of people are like, well, you know, we teach competition and like, you know, with people collaborating and stuff like that. And it's like, well, th- there are so many co-op games out there I mean, you literally have your pick of the litter. So, you know, it's like, okay, you're into comic books. Here's Marvel or the, de- you know, the Marvel that, you know, Legendary, which is yeah. a wonderful co-op game, all with characters that the kids know. You get to literally play as your superhero and battle the bad guys you all know, you know, and, it, it, and it's one of those things that's like, yeah, all right, you know, so, you, you know, I think it's very easy with a lot of what's out there yeah. to, to augment it however you would like.
0: Do you ever get any pushback from kids who just want to play video games or or are they into the tabletop games?
1: Um, I would have to say that at first, you know, there have been situations where I have come into a little bit of kind of hesitation about it because it's kind of like, well, you know, especially, I mean, if you ever look at like a Fantasy Flights game or something like that and you're looking at – you know, this box that has literally like 3,000 cardboard counters in it. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to learn how to do any of this. And like, you know, is that a rule book or a phone book? You know, and so <laughs> a lot of people are yeah. kind of scared, I think, uh, which is, I think, also a difficult access point for parents a lot of times because they'll look at a lot of these modern board games and they'll go, well, it's not like Sorry or, you know, you know, the pop bubble trouble you know, that it's, like, very easy. I can look at the board and know how to play this game. So, you know, I I think that there are a lot of good ambassador games that help out with that. Like, Ticket to Ride is a tremendously good ambassador game because I I haven't met a person who doesn't enjoy playing that. But at the same hand, I've also had people I'd never expected to, like, Love Letters, who love that game. And that's, you know, a straight-up deduction reasoning game. But... It's it's it kind of it surprises me sometimes how resistant people are. But I really gotta default on that thing where they say that, you know, a person who's not a board gamer just hasn't played the board game they love yet.
0: <laughs> Can't disagree with that. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean it's so it's you know, you find a game that a that a client is really into and you you hope that they can find this, you know, someone in their support network to continue to play with. But uh it's yeah, there are definitely some games that are not um as approachable i I love how ticket to ride has become uh universally known <laughs> as as not your not your typical monopoly or or sorry like you said, but it's it's nope. still oh it's so accessible it's really yeah, it,
1: it's familiar enough to pull people in, but at the same time it's foreign enough and it's complex enough that people can really get a lot more out of it. I mean, I know a lot of people that you know downloaded the app to their phone to play because of you know the fact that they played a game you know, a game store at an event, um, I mean, it, it it really is with the glut that is out there. I mean, there is some avenue to being careful because, you know, I know a lot of times, you know, parents can also be very sensitive about the material or the subject content of a game, which, you know, totally understand, you know, every, every parent makes their own determination, you know, so sometimes you, you kind of have to go to the more simplistic or the more kind of, I, I hesitate to use the word vanilla, but, like the, the something that doesn't seem as you know, not a lot of demons in it, not a lot of devils in it, you know, things like that because of certain themes. But again, you know, for every deck builder that's a fantasy setting, you can find a fan, you know, a deck builder that's in a Western setting or a deck builder that's a superhero game or, you know, so so the genre and I guess kind of the emulation glut that happens like, ooh, deck builders are great, let's make 5,000 of them. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, it yeah. does give the advantage of going, okay, um, so no ascension. Why don't we try the DC deck building? You know, yeah. It's just yeah. an accessible option.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've had people ask me, well, can we do something that doesn't have magic in it? So I ask, well, define magic.
1: <laughs> exactly. Right. You know, miracles are kind of magical. You know, modern architecture is kind of magical. <laughs> what exactly do you mean by that? Yeah. You know, oh, spells. Okay. No spells. All right. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because so, yeah. otherwise we're, 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 we're narrowing it down pretty far in a, I'm out of options.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, well, I like I I got Yahtzee. I mean, Yahtzee's pretty bland. You know, the dice are even white. You know, so how vanilla can you get? But <laughs> sorry, it sounds like I'm picking on Yahtzee. Sorry.
0: <laughs> I pick on Monopoly all the time. I mean, I think it's it's fair.
1: <laughs> oh, it gives you more than it's, enough. Opportunity it's deserved. Yeah. It. you know, yeah, definitely. Even you can even slap Lord of the Rings on it, and it's still no. <laughs> mechanics are the same it doesn't uh, nice nice trickery
0: <laughs> so are you a, are you a lifelong gamer like when did you start playing um any types of games but tabletop games in particular
1: oh, wow um well i have to say that my uh my curriculum gamer vitae uh would probably start when i was about 12 um and i'm 44 now so that's like 32 years behind the bell um, and it all started with uh, my mom getting her income tax one year and saying, so what do you want? Get whatever you want. Uh, so I didn't choose a bike or a football or anything like that. I was like, hey, what's this red box thing sitting over here, you know, at the store? Uh, so, you know, I got my first set of D&D and, you know, definitely didn't didn't know enough and wasn't math savvy enough to get all the rules and everything. But it was fun to make my own stories and to look through the book. So, that that was kind of where I started. Then, uh, thankfully, I had a neighbor who had played a lot in college, and uh, so my first formal intro to the rules was probably playing the dungeon board game, um, and then kind of parlaying that over into an introduction to D and D. Then from there, it was playing the Ghostbusters RPG, and from there, it just Marvel superheroes from TSR, and then it, it just took off with paranoia. You know everything you could possibly name that was out there in the '80s. You know I must have tried at some point. Um, so I've I've literally been a pretty devout RPG'er. Um, I only really got into modern board games probably a few years ago, and that was mostly because of the fact that my wife is not really an avid RPG'er. She's she's getting into our Cthulhu campaign now, but she took more to board games. So I kind of got more into board games as a way for her and I to have more to do together. And then, you know, with the mission of Odonna kind of mixing in and, you know, everything kind of changed. So it's like, you know, now I got like over 150 games in my private collection. So it's like, okay, you know, I don't know if first one was free, but, you know, I definitely got more to show for an obsession. So
0: (laughs) so when did did that start seeping into your clinical work? Or when did those, um, you know, two things start connecting in your mind?
1: Um, Well, the... um, it's actually a very, very interesting Bodana story. When uh, when Bodana first formed, it was basically a bunch of uh, friends and coworkers, you know, my wife included, who had all worked together in a juvenile RTF or residential treatment facility. And um, the facility shut down, so we were all unemployed. And um, at that time, they were kind of shutting a lot of juvenile facilities down that weren't corrections based. So we kind of looked around and we were like, well, we're pretty good at what we did. So why don't we try to start our own company? And at that time our focus was more on training people to work with sexually problematic behaviors and doing, uh, trainings on like vicarious trauma and compassion fatigue, um, how to help parents distinguish between sexually problematic behaviors and then what is considered sexually normative. So, you know, really our focus kind of started there and, um,
0: Oh, so you guys started as a serious organization.
1: Well, come on. You we know, <laughs> parents were still serious. You not know, as serious as, as my little verbal track will give you. But yeah, we, we, we kind of started out, you know, this is our specialty and there's not a lot of people that do this. So let's kind of see where that takes us. And interestingly enough, um, it was maybe about a year or so after, after we got started and like any old nonprofit worth our salt, we went oh boy, we need money. <laughs> we're, mm-hmm. we're non-profit. That's how that works. Uh, so we were like, well, let's do a fundraiser. And we kind of looked at each other and were like, well, we're not much of golf tournament kind of people and none of us own brand new cars to auction off. So what do we know? And we kind of looked around and went, well, uh, we're pretty much like 80% gamer. So <laughs> why don't we run a game day? Because uh, some of the members of Adana had run, like, little private day events. And we were like, yeah, let's run a con. Now, bear in mind, at the time we did this, none of us had ever actually attended a convention. Uh, <laughs> so we, we had never been to Gen Con, never done it. you like, we heard of the meccas, you know, Dragon Con Origins, Gen Con. Uh, but we were like, what would we like to see? So uh, we got the assistance of a local game store. And then we started Save Against Fear all those years ago. Um and it was interesting that uh, Rich Thomas from Onyx Path Publishing uh, also maybe known to people uh, when during his time with White Wolf, um, you know, the world of darkness, the empire, etc. Uh, he's actually local to um, Bodani, He's not not that far away. So we were kind of calling around trying to see about donations and companies to kind of support the event. And he actually came out uh, for the first night to save. And it, and it was interesting that we were talking and he had mentioned, you know, we were talking about, you know, just being therapists and how, you know, we were doing a lot about like, you know, the the whole reason it was named save against fear, because it was originally save against the fear to open up about sexual abuse and to talk about, you know, persons in abusive situations. So, you know, originally it, it was taken off of that idea mixed with the fact that, you know, you made saving throws in D and D. So we were like, okay, it's yeah. kind of clever. Um, <laughs> So he was sharing all kinds of stories about how he had received tons of letters over the years from people who, you know, role-playing in the world of darkness setting and kind of funding the monsters in the game, kind of parlayed into people growing and changing and combating the demons inside as victims of abuse. So, you know, that kind of got us going like, well, wait a minute, you know, we started analyzing our own gaming hobby and kind of what developmental points it kind of took us to we started looking at, well, what kind of character did I play when I was, like, going through my parents' divorce versus, you know, what characters did I play when I had first moved on my own and was starting to develop independence and, you know, all, the, all these weird connections. And then we went, wait a minute, we ran D&D on the unit. And, like, it was this, this humongous aha moment that we had, and we were like, how did that go? You know, like, <laughs> okay, that was a weird thing. I, I didn't even realize, you know, because we were like, Saturday is a 16-hour shift of complete and utter boredom. Can we please play D and D? And at that point, it was before the facility shut down, so literally management was like, "Yeah, whatever. Just don't kill anybody." So <laughs> you know, we we ran D and D on the unit, and you know, when we started reflecting and looking back at how you know kids that wouldn't spit on each other the week prior you know, they're plotting the next adventure out and talking about what their characters are going to do and, you know, kids ready to get into a fight and the other guys, dude, we got session on Saturday. Don't get in trouble. you get off level, you know. And we're like, <laughs> we're like, really? Like, okay, you know, how did we not put this together before? So, you know, that then led us to examining and, you know, we're worried about as, as a lot of agencies talking about like mission drift and things like that. But then we really kind of like started to examine a lot of this from that developmental therapeutic perspective of all of all the groups that we had run and how, you know, we really examined it again through that through that self-reflective lens of, of really going back and saying, well, this is what this hobby meant to us. Yeah. So who else could it have meant this for? And. Amazingly enough, the more people we talked to, the more people shared their stories and the more we were like, well, let's start to really break this down, you know, as a therapist, let, let's examine this. And, you know, so we started drawing parallels between like, you know, the, the group formation of an RPG group and some of the processes that we use in traditional group therapy you know, how we have the creation of sacred space and there's language that only the group knows. And, you know, when, after the session, you know, go into your DM and go, man, that session was awesome. You know, I loved when blah, blah, blah. Well, you're debriefing the session. That's no different than when you process at the end of a group. So, you know, we started seeing a lot of those parallels and, you know, that then led to us saying, well, maybe, maybe this is where our direction is. Um, and then, you know, like I said, like we're in our seventh year, Save Against Fear now, um, and we have gotten such tremendous support from the industry. Um, last year alone, I think we had like thirty-seven sponsors from the wow. gaming industry who who donated product, who you know did did paid sponsorships for like areas of the con, and we're getting local businesses involved and. You know, it's it's just been this absolute whirlwind that specifically, I'd say, like, you know, once last two, maybe three years, you know, we, we've we started meeting all these different people and all these connections, which is where a lot of these going out, you know, and doing events at different populations and different settings has really started to take off, I, I would say, in ways that we weren't even aware that we could take this. So, you know, we're this is why we're just so achingly looking for, you know, like, grants, funding, capital, anything that can help us establish, um, you know, that this is what we do full time. Because uh, we've done a lot knowing that pretty much we work after five, because that's our, our daily jobs. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's amazing the amount of work we've been able to get done and the connections we've built with that limited time. And it's just amazing when we think of how much more we could get done Um, with a lot more of that time. Like we're exploring right now a proposal with a a hospital to go in and provide therapeutic board and tabletop RPG to patients in intensive care, uh, whether they be children or adults, because there's a lot of documentation about patient delirium and PTSD and anxiety that happens when people have long-term intensive care stays. So why don't we use gaming? You know, instead of video games, which are somewhat isolatory, why don't we talk about co-op games where now you're developing friendships and you have shared goals and let's play an RPG. So now you're thinking about next week, which is, you know, future forward thinking, which is great for people with a very severe medical condition because now you're not focused on am I going to die next week? It's am I going to have this awesome adventure and what's going to happen in the next you know thing the GM pulls out for us? Not to mention connecting communities with them. I mean, so that that's just one possibility that that we've been exploring. Which you know, if you were to talk to me five years ago about that, never would have thought that was a possibility. Um, <laughs> so it, it's just amazing. The more people we talk to, the more this community's growing, um, and and the more we hear about you know kids with autism who are developing social networks and friends and and you know. Based around their shared experience of gaming, so I mean the the potential seems to be completely limitless, and and that's probably the most exciting thing that I can ever say.
0: Yeah, I mean I've been really looking forward to go to Save Against Fear, and I remember when it passed this year, and I couldn't make it. That's when I I first emailed you and started this conversation. <laughs> I really um, I really like to go this year, and and it's so great to hear that it's that it's so big, and having that industry. Um, presence there is so it's so validating to, to to what you're doing and and obviously you can't do it without the games right as a non as just human beings with limited budgets you know it's you, we can't have every single game our libraries are limited and and that's so helpful
1: oh yeah i mean i mean we've again we've had a, a like a lot i mean it's pretty obvious it's kind of an operator i mean game companies benefit by people playing their games and getting exposure so i mean we we also do a lot with indie publishers and local developers who, you know, may not get that level of exposure. I mean, just no insult to Watsi or Paizo. I mean, everybody knows D&D and Pathfinder. Yeah. No. Not so many people know about houses like Spectrum Games, who does a lot of great emulation genre games out there. Like, you know, RetroStar is one example. It's, it's a 70s cheesy sci-fi game that is absolutely wonderfully narrative. Most people don't know about indie presses and, you know, board games that people might look and, you know, the box art isn't exciting or whatever. Or it seems kind of, well, that's whatever. Well, come on out and give it a try. You know, we had a library through uh, our own library, industry support and donation. I think our library at saved last year was about, I think it was about 650 games. Oof. That Whoa. were sitting there. I mean, there were they were stacked. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just that that chance, come on out, play, meet some new people and you know, we're we're definitely building up that nexus. I would absolutely love to have you come out to save. Um, you know, panel discussion, heck, just to get around a table with you.
0: Oh, I'll be there. I'll be there. This year. well, I want to be. I can. I can't. I don't want to promise and then <laughs> not go. But I really want to. <laughs>
1: as, as the Buddha I, says, life happens. So
0: it does. We
1: these things day at a time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, um, like public speaking and and these live events, they're they're so important to to move that message forward. So I'm I'm really curious about the. The hospital that you're talking about is that something that you reached out to them, or did, or, or have things like that been happening because of Save Against Fear, and, and people have come to you asking for for you to come in and do something?
1: Yeah, definitely the latter. Uh, I mean, it, it was actually the the whole initiative behind this program actually came from a gentleman who who came to Save Against Fear this year with his kids and you know, he came in and he was like, hey, you know, I'm a a heart transplant patient from, you know, this hospital in question. And, you know, I'm part of this whole thing on the unit to try and improve like the quality of patient care and the things that we do to kind of help offset some of the conditions that people face. He says, and I'm a gamer myself. So I wanted to talk to you if you would be interested in trying to pursue a program like this. And, you know, just over conversation, we, we developed this phenomenal proposal. So, and again, without without save against fear that again started as this little idea for just to raise a couple of bucks and awareness just has grown into this network where, you know, we've, we've had, um, you know, we've actually some of your former guests, the, uh, the Adams from wheelhouse workshop, mm-hmm. uh, they, they were at it save against fear two years ago. Uh, we've had, uh, people from, you know, other States, New Jersey, we have people as far as Virginia coming up. Um, you know, it's part of their ad, you know, annual calendar. Um so I mean that that honestly, I mean the getting together and the and the raising of funds and awareness is definitely wonderful. Um but I mean I really enjoy kind of being Mr. Social Butterfly and just hearing stories. Yeah and you know hearing people's connections that they've made and that you know you can't put a price tag on something like that. Like you can't really put that in anything else but priceless because It opens up so many doors and opportunities and creates so many good bonds because, you know, gaming is kind of uh, it's like the new breaking bread. You know, that, <laughs> yeah. that's one of those those cultural icons that we have that, you know, that's where we learn so much about people. But, you know, if you think about it, arguing over the rules is one of the best ways you can learn tolerance. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, who hasn't had that? No, that's what it says here. No, no, it means this. You know, and just working through that, I mean, that that is somewhat of a high level of skill of negotiation and collaboration. So, you know, but we're like, hey, just learning the rules, man. You know, I just won't play a game. Well, and there you go, and and it's again those so many of those contacts, like the gifted program thing that I was talking about, that also came by way of save against fear. So, you know, a lot of these opportunities and the things that we're getting out there to do now with these new different audiences are are all a part of this growing community that I, I jokingly refer to as the Bodanaverse. Um, <laughs> sorry. It's kind of stole a little from Kevin Smith and the newest universe there, but you know, <laughs> Hey, it, it literally is, is starting to grow that powerful. And you know, the fact that people are saying, Hey, have you heard about so-and-so? I, oh, and I'm always like, how did you hear about us? Like who was, you know, and it's almost like, I'm like, are you putting me on? Like, is this, is this a Josh? Like, am I on a practical Jokers or something? <laughs> um, cause it, cause it just doesn't seem real sometimes that, it, yeah. that it's grown as much as it has, but it, but it's wonderful that it has. And I just,
0: yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, over the years i've seen i think again i i sometimes wonder if I am in my in my own universe and I'm not seeing things clearly, uh but it seems like it's more and more accepted to not only just be like you know identify as a geek in general and 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 like things like that but but say that you play games, identify as a gamer and you know, recently I was talking to Woody Harris on on Rolling for Change and we were talking about how, you know, there's something that ha- that happens when you're playing a game. You know, there are experiences that we have and sometimes those experiences allow us to learn something. Sometimes they make us better. We we have all sorts of different feelings, but we don't really talk about them, right? And and I think that what your 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 group and what you're doing is is setting the stage for for that to happen, not only with Save, Save Against Fear, which allows us to, to kind of reflect on how we're doing it and, and what we're experiencing and what that's like. But I think within the groups, right, having that opportunity to play and then maybe take a moment in the middle of the game or, or, or definitely afterwards and reflect on what just happened and how that matches up with what we're feeling or what we're going through in our lives. It's 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 such a an incredible thing, right? That I think that once we see it, because it's happening with or without us, I think it's happening. And once we're yeah. able to capitalize on that and 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 really use it, um, I don't know for for good, right? To to help people out, yeah. it's special.
1: It, it, yeah, and I mean, I think it's a kind of special where, like, because uh, speaking about like resistance and stuff, you mentioned that earlier. One of, one of the funniest, and, and again, I look at funny in a weird way. Like one of one of the interesting blowbacks, if you want to call it that, that I've encountered is. There, there is a fair amount, I think, of trepidation from people who are very enmeshed in their gaming. It, it's kind of like this, like, don't you dare put your therapy in my game. Don't don't you dare do it. Don't you dare make me learn something. I'm just having fun. Hmm. And, and I think it is that, that clever little spin where, hold on, relax. You know, I'm not Freud with a DM screen here. You know, this is not <laughs> what we're talking about. Well, what we're talking about is, again embracing and celebrating, I, I, I guess you could say, those innate or natural moments that you were just talking about that happen through the playing of the game. You know, that, that that high five of shared victory when you're playing Marvel Legendary and thank you, yeah, we took care of Apocalypse and the Four Horsemen, you know what I mean? Which is just one of the dreaded scenarios. And I, and I think that making it okay to talk about that, while realizing that this this whole process of therapeutic gaming, this whole process of beneficial or targeted gaming, is not about sucking the fun out of it, because yes. if you suck the fun out of it, then you don't even get started. Then it's worthless to even try, Be, because the fun is where the 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 help comes from. That that's what allows you to engage. Is that fun fact? So if I'm running a crappy adventure well it doesn't matter you know how much of your issue i put in the game isn't engaging so i'm not able to explore it as my character because i'm not engaged in the narrative and the narrative is where the therapy comes from it's it's narrative dramatic expressive therapy in a version of play therapy it's just a stylized version of it so you know i i really think that that's one of the big things you know i agree with you i love the fact that you know, mentioning I'm a gamer doesn't get me shoved in a locker now. Um, you know, hopefully I'm not sharing too much here. Um, but, you know, it, it is that idea where it's okay to say that you've got a benefit of it uh, in addition to just having fun. That's not a bad thing to say. And and it's not like I'm going to turn your settlers of Catan into psychoanalysis. You know, that, that's not the process. The process is if, if you find benefit from this. Even if it's, I'm a little bit better at adding sixes together because of all my shadow run years, you know, um, it's it's just one of those things that it's okay. It's okay to, to say that you, you got a little bit more out of it than you thought you would have, because again, that goes back to mindfulness and it goes back to awareness where the 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 reactions that we have are very pinnacle to who we are and how we're developing as people. And if it's either an adverse reaction or a favorable reaction, you know, whether whether it's attraction or reversion. You know these things are still very crucial to self-exploration. So don't be afraid to explore. It's okay if if that, you know, the the beating down that gangster that was exhibiting animal cruelty creates a, a visceral experience for you. Why did you have that experience? Could that lead you to talk about something? Again, we don't need to bring tissues to the GM table, but if you have that moment, allow that moment. And I think that that openness of gaming and that inclusion that is within a lot of the gaming community is very central to that idea of of letting this be another platform to raise ourselves up in a different way.
0: You know, one of my favorite memories from going to a con was I was giving my geek therapy pitch to this girl. She must have been 10 years old. And I hand her like this flyer, bookmark thing. I don't remember what we were handing out. And I I, I give her the pitch. And then she just looks down at the paper. She stays really quiet, looks up at me. And she (laughs) says, I'm going to go give this to my mom right now and tell her that I was right all along. (laughs) And then she she just left, you know?
1: (laughs) That's awesome. It's kind of, okay, have fun then. beautiful. That's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, there was something about the way you said it just now uh, about how, you know, it's okay to admit that you feel good playing games, that you feel better after playing a game, that maybe you did... that. Something is better now than it was before, right? Um, before yeah. that game, before that experience. And and to share that, I think is extremely important. And yeah, we're we're older and we're trying to tell these kids that it's okay and it's it's wonderful to see that happening. <laughs> and uh ooh, yeah, we're doing I think we're I think we're on we're onto something here. I think we're doing all right.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean I again, I mean just looking back over, you know, when I when I was enmeshed in, in most of my intro to gaming I mean, it was You know, during the eighties, satanic panic, all that stuff. Um, but it was, it was just like even now, you know, at 44 and I, you know, I play and I run two Call of Cthulhu campaigns and, you know, play in kind of scatterboard games when I get time. Um, and other RPGs, like it's, it's really just interesting how that, how that initial attraction. You know, a lot of, you know, family strife, parental discord, stuff like that. You know, and it was great playing D and D because for six hours a week I didn't have to be Jack. You know, and I didn't have to deal with Jack's issues. You know, and some people and even then and I and I'm glad the culture's kind of gotten away from this, I think, and you know, thoughts definitely, you know, on this. Um, escape isn't so much of a bad word as it was before. Like it, that was the whole like fear that a lot of what I encountered was, which is, you know, well, if you sink into that character, you're going to fall out of reality, and then you know, you're just lost in the pit of teenage angst and despair, you know. And and now I'm like, you know, people pay five hundred dollars for seminars on how to relax and not, you know, get enmeshed in their stress. And I'm like, you can go buy a ten dollars Savage Worlds book, dude. I mean, come on. There's you know, there's different ways to accomplish this, but you know, look at, looking at something even as simple as that, just escape mentality of it's okay not to have to always be running on all cylinders at all moments. You know, it's okay to step away for a while and it's okay to just engage. I mean, I don't, I don't have, have you ever heard any of that? Just like in, you know, cause I know that, you know, a lot of what you talk about is dealing with, you know, different, you know, IPs and use of, of things to kind of connect. Like, is there ever a fear from anyone that like they might get, too wrapped up in the fantasy and, and to leave the reality.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hear, I, I I fight that type of stuff um, all the time. And, and I heard someone, I I wish I remember who said it recently, but um, they said, you know, stepping away from something is not an escape. It's called resting. Like sometimes you just need to get, step back and rest. Like you sleep, right. You rest, you know, um, that, that, that's all it is. You know, you're just stepping aside recharging your batteries you're resting and then you're gonna come back and it's not yeah escapism escaping uh it i don't know when it became dirty you know i don't know <laughs> what 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 games were kids playing that they 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 went in like jumanji and they didn't come out until 30 <laughs> years later you know <laughs>
1: I I don't know what happened. He has a bathtub in the backyard. He's building some type of mouth trap. I don't understand. You know, it's like that stuff doesn't happen. You know, where's yeah. my bowling ball? You know, I mean you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean that you know, we teach people to use timeouts. Mm-hmm.
0: That is a yeah. timeout.
1: It's just a six hour timeout. So, you yeah. know, you yeah. a little slack here. Come on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man. No. This is this has been such a so, so great to to touch base. Um, where is it that Bodana is uh, like? What area are you guys at um, right now? And and where does Save Against Fear happen every year?
1: Uh, well, uh, Bodana is our our business office, which is uh, my home, uh, is uh, in Effort, Pennsylvania, which is a uh, suburb of Lancaster. Uh, Save Against Fear uh, this year is being held over the weekend of October 13th through the 15th. Friday the 13th. Uh, Yes. A lot of spooky (laughs) games. My Call of Cthulhu will probably be out in full array. Um, It will be held this year at the Harrisburg Mall. Um, And actually, uh, anyone can go to uh, www.saveagainstfear.com. Alloneword.com uh, to get all event details. Uh, we're still finishing up like our scheduling software and stuff, but uh, very soon we're going to be uh, going ahead and launching our pre-registration. As uh, soon as we get a couple of our sessions that we're running in house on the boards. Um, but if you go there now, um, even to like any folks who you know want to help out in any way they can, we have a ton of different sponsorship options. We also have our volunteer and GM apps up now, um, cause you know, we definitely, uh, like Blanche Dubois, we were, we rely on the kindness of strangers, uh, as far as running sessions. Um, and again, and again, one of the things is we love if you play indies in these and strange games, like, you know, it's not that we, not that there's no room for D and D, but so many people run D and D come out and run monster hearts, run atomic robo or fate, you know, run. Run something that, you know, run tune from Steve Jackson from the mid 80s. You know, I mean, do let's get some different stuff out there. So people really know the array Yes, um, our it's our first year at the Harrisburg Mall. So we're looking at trying to get like a lot of live action games, uh, like kind of larger than life board games for people to see. And uh, we're actually hoping for the first year to try and secure some celebrities uh, to be out, hopefully in the horror vein. Uh, so that's one of our big goals this year as well. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're definitely planning now that we have uh, the entire bottom floor of a department store. Uh, we have a huge area of space to play around with. So we're looking to get all kinds of nice, like I said, larger than life events. Uh, and just really, you know, just burst Save Against Fear into, into the next category of, of event that, you know, is the thing that everybody's going to be talking about.
0: Yeah, playing in the middle of a giant store is one way to increase visibility. That's a good idea.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, look at the space you have for a cash and guns live. You know what I mean? It's just gonna be insane. But uh, yeah, we're we're really looking forward this year. We uh, we we switched from a hotel um, to a larger venue. That this way, will get a lot of the you know people coming through the mall who will be interested. So yeah. you know, one of the one of the things we always do at Save is we try to make uh, at least one day of a con. Uh, to be a family-focused day, mm-hmm. so you know we'll run a lot of systems like no thank you evil meddling kids. Um, we also run a live-action version of Go Goblin Go. Uh, so we actually like get get dressed up as goblins and we painted golf ball uh, ping pong balls to look like little rocks and we have like large die that we roll and this whole simulated pit of fire kind of thing. So yeah, we really we really try and make uh, a spectacle. Um, so that way, you know, people have that memorable experience and, and just we try to get people who maybe don't know about gaming to really get excited about gaming. And, you know, our energy definitely drives that forward. Um, and the people that have come on board with Save, I mean, we like I said, we have local business support, industry support, um, community support. I mean, it's, it's just been phenomenal the way that it's been growing. Oh,
0: that sounds so great. Um, if anybody wants to reach out to you directly, Jack, how do they do that?
1: Uh, best way to uh, reach out to myself would uh, probably be through the Bodana group at gmail.com. Uh, and that is T-H-E-B-O-D-H-A-N-A group, all one word, at gmail.com. Uh, that'll get directly to us. Um, and I mean, bear in mind, there. I mean, in terms of just some other stuff we didn't cover just as of yet, I mean, a lot of services that we offer were developing a training uh, uh, for parents who might want to use RPG beneficially in their home, but maybe have no experience as a GM or as a role player. Uh, So we are developing a training right now that is going to be able to kind of take a parent through the paces of setting up a party, setting up an adventure storyline, dealing with conflict in the game, um, so like I said, we're, we're really trying to provide as much awareness and education about how to use gaming in multiple settings. Uh, and then in addition, turning into, you know, kind of that resource slash storehouse of information. Like, you know, if you if you want to talk about gaming and get into gaming, especially beneficially, you know, come and, come and talk to us. And if you're not in our local area, we, we partnered, like I said, with Wheelhouse and a bunch of other persons who are doing this as well. So, you know, we'll find someone close to where you're at um, just to try and get that out there. We're also exploring programs for residential, you know, uh, programs for youth, you know, like, you know, halfway houses, uh, even pursuing utilizing uh mashed, which is this uh, RPG that just uh, successfully kickstarted. It's all about um, the relationships with army surgical doctors and personnel during the Korean war uh, runs off of the Apocalypse World engine. So we're actually looking at trying to connect with some veterans' hospitals to possibly use it as a way to help with uh, combat-induced PTSD. So, you know, again, a lot of different applications. And, and, again, that's all because, hey, this is this perfect game that, you know, just fits with what a person might need. So, yeah, we, we love talking about options, and, and we try at Bodana to really customize what it is we're doing to you and what you want because of the fact that gaming is so widespread and what it can offer will kind of help lock it down for you and offer you something that will benefit you and the people that you're trying to help
0: so you mentioned uh, groups for or or training for parents have you ever done anything like that for other um, behavioral service providers or any other like teachers or anything like that uh,
1: we we have offered uh, some trainings on therapeutic gaming to some of the foster care agencies that are in our area, where you know we basically just kind of introduce them to a lot of the concepts behind how gaming can be beneficial, and then we also you know bring along our little tote uh, with some of the games that are out there, and we you know partner with local game stores so that way you know parents have a resource to go with. So. Um, we haven't done anything as in-depth as the training that we're looking at, uh, but there's actually some folks who are looking to do our first beta run with that uh, very soon. So we're looking at finding a way to maybe do this electronically online so we can kind of get people from different areas together and we can kind of all share ideas and ma- make it kind of like a consortium. You know? So we have a lot of parents kind of sharing strategies and you know, maybe from then developing a network. For people to be able to you know talk to each other about well you know i have a son who's this old with a, this diagnosis and you know we've been running this for social skills and this adventure really went off well so here's my notes you know let's see what you can run up with it because um, again it's i think it's about sharing the resource yeah. and and making sure that more people know what's out there um so yeah i mean that's that's been some of our experience and people their eyes are just wide open to the possibility, you know, when, once we get them in them with that first game, you know, it's, it's pretty much where can we take it from here?
0: Uh, a lot of new professionals or, or students come to me, uh, asking about wanting to do more things like that. So are there, are there, what kind of, I, you've mentioned a couple of them now, but what opportunities are there to be involved at the Bodana group, um, right now and, and maybe in the future?
1: Uh, well, I mean, one thing we're, we're always looking for folks to uh, add to our volunteer. Uh, we're actually going to be um, doing a big push soon, uh, launching what we formerly call the Bodana Brigade. Uh, which is basically, uh, just some volunteer. You know, it's kind of like our little version of the kiss army, you know? Uh, so, um, you know, it's basically you're, you're enthusiastic about gaming. You know how to play board games, you know, how to, you know, engage with people. Here's some talking points, you know, let's see, you know, you're not out there to beat people over the head with this. It's just, let's get that conversation going. But you know, while you're doing it, run some games at a local game store at a community center or, you know, wherever it might be that that you are in your area to kind of help get that out there. And then, you know, we'd look again for like industry supports. I mean, definitely volunteer help is one. Um, If you are a professional that would like to do this within your practice, you know, please email us and and talk to us. That's another kind of higher level to that training. Uh, One of the big partnerships that we're doing with the Adams at this point from wheelhouses, we're actually working on trying to, um, put this down as, as an actual established modality with, you know, like a guidebook and like, you know, if you are a professional, here's what this process might look like. If you want to use this in your practice and then, you know, talking with them about offering trainings and, you know, things of that sort. So that way we can, you know, legitimize, you know, what it is that we do. So it's going way beyond theory to actual practice. So, You know, if you're interested in programs, wherever it is that you may be, you know, feel free to contact us and we'll talk about what we can work out for you. We're very eager to get this out to people and uh, we're very adjustable. (laughs) That's (laughs) the best way that I can say
0: so those are all the questions that I have. Is there anything else that you want to share that maybe we haven't touched upon?
1: Uh, well, one of the uh, projects that Bodana uh, uh, and some and our partners uh, started a little while ago is a project called the Game to Grow Webisode Project. Um, we have links to all the episodes up on our uh, main website page, um, which you can get to through www.thesaveagainstfear.com. Uh, um, basically the partners are, uh, Adam and Adam from wheelhouse workshop. Um, us at Bodana, uh, Sarah Lynn Bowman, who's a PhD scholar who, uh, does a lot of work with therapeutic and beneficial aspects of role-playing games. She also does a lot of work in, uh, EduLARP, educational live action role-playing, does a lot of live action role-playing work. Um, also, um... Hawk Robinson from RPGresearch.com. And I want to throw in an additional plug that Hawk has a wonderful project he is funding right now, which is the RPG Research Trailer. Uh, it's basically a handicap accessible trailer that he is looking to get funded to take uh from person to person so he can expose more people to the benefits of uh therapeutic gaming. Um And additionally, uh, our partners, uh, Grant and Peter, from the Saving the Game podcast, which uh, if you're not familiar with, is a podcast that basically uh, talks about role-playing games from a very unique angle. Uh, They are a Christian podcast that celebrates other beneficial aspects of role-playing, like teaching, you know, morals and values and, you know, using those to kind of like work through, you know, kind of a different set of questions, which, uh, we all kind of got together and was like, Hey, why don't we, you know, talk about gaming? Cause we all love gaming. And uh, we've had a lot of episodes. We have about six in the can at this point. Um, we've covered topics ranging from um, religion and spirituality in gaming uh, to looking at the issue of trauma uh, and trying to create safe space for gamers to Uh, just basic approach to what is therapeutic gaming. And uh, our last episode was one about um, culturally appropriate gaming, like basically talking about how to be culturally responsible and socially aware. When we talk about, you know, if you're role playing someone from another uh, heritage or another culture, you know, how to do that in a way that is not uh, uh, derogatory or, or in any way harmful, you know, and, um, so we're looking at, you know, getting our next schedule up soon uh, And you actually can go onto YouTube and look for the game to grow channel, uh, that also has all those episodes. So you can leave comments and, you know, connect to the RSS. So hopefully we'll have a lot of this stuff coming to you soon with our next six month schedule of episodes. And, uh, we're always looking for good topics and also good guests. We've had a lot of very great guests on, on the show, depending on the topic. So uh, you you yourself, sir, may be part of the panel at one time.
0: Hey, just let me know. It'll, hopefully it won't take me a year to respond this time.
1: <laughs> well, I hope not. That would
0: definitely put a damper on the recording. That would. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is fantastic. Thank you so much, Jack. You just listened to Geek Therapy on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and our other podcasts, visit geektherapy.com.